Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Hey everyone, and welcome to today's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. I love this series and I love that I get to bring you some of the most amazing leaders, entrepreneurs, startup, you know, innovators, and bring that to you and, and hear about and learn about their recipe for success and the ingredients that help make them and their companies successful. And so for those that don't know me, I'm Lori Salarulo and I am your host. Today's guest is someone who hit this community by storm. She came to South Florida uh, as the new CEO of the Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, and Caitlin Sella just got right into this community, dug in deep, got connected, got involved, and I gotta tell you, she is awesome, awesome, awesome. So I wanna welcome our guest for today, Caitlin Sella, CEO of Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Thank you, Lori. You're very kind. And oh. Very warm welcome from people like you. I absolutely love this community and I love the people in it and you are one of them. Oh, thank you. Yes, I know we got to meet early on when you came down here um, yeah. and took on the new position and, and you were out there meeting new people and I was like, I have to meet her. Um, and so I was so glad that I did. Um, and you immediately embraced our mission Right. For two reasons. One, making sure that young people are prepared for the future, but uh, also around career development. Right. And healthcare, because there's so many opportunities and there's so many opportunities right here in our own community. So we want to keep them here. Right. So that they can go work for Memorial and Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I shared with you that I benefited from junior achievement when I was in high school, actually. So I, I think I told you that. So yeah. it's always one of those organizations that I think does so much good for children and I'm, I'm proof. (laughs) You certainly are. And then there's a whole JA alumni study, which shows that, that young people who do go through these, these programs, especially the entrepreneurial business programs, how it create, it does really help to create that mindset, that business mindset. And so, but I want to, and, and since that is one of our focuses, I always love asking people, how did you how did you find this path right well how did you know when did you know what happened that made you say this is where i want to go and this is what i want to do sure i'll tell you my story briefly so i grew up in pittsburgh pennsylvania and i'm one of seven children and my mom is from a very large family and my dad's from a large family and so family was it is everything to us and and growing up that way um, I loved being around children. You know, my mom's a teacher. She's a, she was a special ed teacher and then she was a preschool teacher. And so the children were always sort of the focus of the family. And so um, there were a couple of things that happened along the way as I was trying to figure out what to study in school and what kind of path I was going to take. And 
One of them was that my grandfather was diagnosed with cancer and I was very close to him. We were all very close to him because our family was so tight knit and we had a business. We have we still have a business together, but he was kind of the patriarch. And um, I had a very hard time grieving after he passed away. And, And one of his doctors actually said to me at the funeral, why don't you come and volunteer at the hospital? It will make you it will maybe will help you heal, you know. And so I did, and I absolutely loved being in the hospital environment. And then I started kind of volunteering at the children's hospital, and I absolutely fell in love with that environment. But so I did a little bit of both adult and children's, but my heart was really always with the kids. And um, I was a junior in high school, and by the time I was getting ready to go to college, I knew I wanted to work with children in some capacity, and I thought maybe it would be more clinical. So I studied child development as an undergrad, and I figured I'd go on to get a master's of either social work or psychology, things of that nature. And um, as I kind of evolved in my career, I was headed in that direction, and I had the opportunity to work for the Center for Autism Research and Treatment LA. And that's when I really started to learn the power of helping entire populations of people instead of one by one, you know, one patient at a time, which is also wonderful. But my mentors directed me to see that one of my skills was really impacting a large group of people and being able to manage things in a way that many, many children could benefit instead of just one at a time. So I kind of changed my course and, and, Instead of going into a PhD program, which was which I was originally scheduled to do in clinical psychology, child psychology, I switched to public health, and that totally changed my world because I started to realize that I'm a public health thinker. I think big. I think of how to help thousands of kids, not just one at a time. You know, which both is important. So that was kind of what started me on this path. And since I had loved the children's hospital environment so much. Um, through my career experiences, I was able to work in children's hospitals as a consultant when I worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers. And then I was able to move into a leadership role at Children's Hospital Los Angeles and then eventually at UCLA Mattel Children's Hospital. So it's just always my thing. And I mean, I'm a kid at heart and people know that about me. Um, you know, I, 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 if I go down a different career path, I will be Lotsy Dotsy, who is our resident <laughs> That's my job. I'm working. That's going to be your retirement. Yes, 100%. Although she is far from retired, that woman works very hard. And those our kids absolutely love her. Anybody in this community knows Lotsy. But um, I enjoy the interaction with children and families. And, and I think I, our team at the, at the Children's Hospital, such special people. And we all recognize that we have the ability to make a very difficult experience as good as it can possibly be for our kids. So I, you know, I've just stayed on this path because I just really love being able to support children in this way. Yeah. And what I kind of hear you saying is, you know, for, for, especially for our young people who watch, you know, you may not know exactly what position you want, Right. I didn't know I wanted to end up being a CEO of a nonprofit because like you, I like to affect larger numbers. But but I did know that I loved helping people and I loved helping people grow and reach their potential, even as a leader, as a manager. I I always loved that. And so I knew what my core skills were that I wanted to use. Right. And I knew that I loved working with young people because they're so impressionable and you can just watch them transform before your eyes. Right. Us adults are a little bit more stuck in our ways, 
harder to change our behavior sometimes. Um, but with children, you can just mold them and help them to grow. And so I, I feel you, right? Um, and I think that's what I loved about you that the minute we met. Um, well, and you, Lori, that I actually have mentored lots of students over my career and I've had interns and things like that. And and I really try to emphasize them that to having a predetermined path in your mind sometimes works against you because you miss opportunities. Like I, I never knew where this was going to take me. I've just stayed true to my heart and true to myself. And I've let that kind of guide what comes. And I really do believe that had I had a rigid, rigid path of where I wanted to go, I would have missed really great opportunities that have led me to where I am. So I always try to, to, you know, discourage that thinking that you think you have to achieve something in a certain way by a certain time, because it might take you somewhere you never expected. And that might be where you're meant to be. And you would never yeah. know. Such a good point. Yeah, I yeah. love that. So being open to the opportunities and not being so fixed on one particular thing. I love that. You know, you mentioned the Center for Autism Research and Treatment. And so, you know, as a mom of a child who is now an adult, a young man um, with special needs, I can tell you, and and I, I know you've met, I think you've met Patrick, but I have learned so much about myself, mm -hmm. about myself as a leader, as a person um, by working with um, Pat, not only having Patrick, but working with and, and in the world of special needs. It, talk a little bit about that because I yeah. think there's something you must have taken from that. Oh, yes. It's actually one of the things I'm most proud of being part of, honestly, in my career. I, I was fresh out of college, you know, I didn't necessarily know what I was doing, but I was part of a movement that was happening during that time. And so the way I, I, and I talk to our parents about this all the time, especially ones that have maybe the more rare diseases that don't have the same kind of support as the larger, you know, the more well-known ones. But um, what I watched happen early in my career is so profound because it was, you know, 1999, 2000 timeframe, autism wasn't known the way it is now. Um, barely any of those services were paid for by insurance. Um, the, the state centers were still trying to figure out what made sense, the IEPs and things. It was all in flux. And what I watched happen, which was such a special experience, was I watched parents mobilize. And I watched people who were seeking answers and coming to places like UCLA where I was. And I felt just as much as I felt like, look, they're coming to us as experts. We need to be a resource for them. And they felt like, look, we're going to band together and we're going to make change. And that is exactly what happened because parents organized and got their way to Congress and made resources possible to create the centers that then I was able to help implement. So it was such a great experience to see the power of how every voice counts and, you know, watching what's happening in the world today, it's, it's disruptive. It's, uh, you know, it's difficult to see people in this kind of pain and but we're growing as a country, you know, you, it's like good in that regard that people are able to use their voices and use their influence to actually make change because it does happen. You know, I watch yeah. and parents 
totally changed the trajectory of autism care and autism research. And, and so that's, like I said, I try to talk to some of our families sometimes when they're discouraged about what's available for their children. And I say like, keep going, keep going, keep, you know, be engaged, be an advocate because I saw it happen early in my yeah. career. And I now tell you, I mean, I was one of those parents. And so I, I will tell you that when I look back on my life, some of those changes that we brought um, to the special needs community are, are my greatest legacies and my greatest accomplishments. Right. Um, but but you and so I love that, you know, that sometimes uh, we have to go through pain to get to growth. Right. And I, and I love that. Um, talk a little bit, you know, because we're going through a really difficult time. And when you talk about the power of voices, not just to create change in healthcare, but look at what's happening around equality and all of that. Right. So, yes, using our voices today is, is so important and, and helps us to create change. But I would be remiss if I if I didn't with the CEO of Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital and part of the larger network of Memorial, if I didn't at least ask, you know, how we are going through such a crazy time um, and, and it changes daily, hourly sometimes, how are you at, at the district, right, and at, in Joe DiMaggio, how are you making sure that you are keeping your team motivated and and, you know, helping them with those resources and those things you talk about? It's a very uncertain time for all of us, you know, because we're, we are employees and we're teammates and we're working, but we're also, you know, our, their parents and we're living in the world and we're getting the news updates. And so we're just people living in the world coming to work. And we just happen to be in this environment where, it is very fluid, you know? And so I think the one thing that this organization has done remarkably well, I'm so proud to be part of Memorial because I will tell you that our board of commissioners, our CEO, our senior leadership team, everybody here, um, we've spared no expense to keep our team safe, to keep them um, protected. We're making very cautious decisions. We're very calculated about what we're doing and conservative, I would say, um, because we are in a time that no one else, we haven't lived through this before. Right. Um, I've never been through a global pandemic before. So I'm learning just as everybody else is learning on our team and we're trying to use good objective data and information, um, be very transparent about communicating what's going on. I would say these are the kinds of things we're doing to keep our team motivated. And I think it comes down to communication and teamwork and just that morale building and the way we're doing it is through immense amounts of gratitude. I have to tell you, we are in awe an awe of what our teams are doing. I mean, it's very, it's it's hard when we see things on the news and then it's very, very real for us, but we are just so incredibly grateful for what, for the sacrifices people have made. You know, they're, they're coming to work, they're going home to their families. There's a lot of, you know, kind of mixed emotions about being here. And, and you know, and I have to tell you that the special, special people that we have in this institution they rally and their human spirit is strong. And so for us, we really just try to keep focused on how grateful for we that we are for every single person in every single role. Because I, you know, even with talking with some of the, the security guards, the people that are cleaning the hospital, like everybody's being stretched, you know, nurses, physicians, people being deployed from one clinical area to another to help out. Um, 
it's it's kind of a beautiful thing in some ways that everyone's just jumping in to help however they can. And so um, as much as it's j difficult and challenging, we're just trying to be really transparent and also very, very thankful and show our appreciation for them every single day. Oh my gosh, I love that. I think you're so right. Right now we have, we really do. I mean, yeah. you know, there are families obviously who have lost loved ones. And so there are, there are people out there who have absolutely are suffering or, or have suffered. Um, yeah. But overall, um, you know, I think every day that we wake up and we're healthy and our families are healthy um, and we can help others, right, is a day for us to be grateful. You know, I you said you said two words, Caitlin, that I think just just I mean, everything you've talked about today um, and I haven't heard anybody use this yet till today, but it just, it hit me like right here. You, you use the, the term human spirit. Mm -hmm. And you talked about that in so many different ways in here today. And I think that we've, that's, that's motivation of itself, right? That as a, as a human race, right? That spirit to keep going, that spirit to help people. Oh my gosh. So powerful. Yeah, and I have to tell you that um, we did a prayer service here. It was kind of a unity service, and um, there was so much going on, and, and the level of stress and anxiety for all of us, especially the people, frontline people dealing you know, with patient care, we decided to, across the entire health system, do a sort of a unity um, event. And I was trying to find the words to open it up, you know, like, to, what do you say right now? It's just very, very hard to find the words. And I did emphasize that, that like the human spirit is, and the human experience is common. And, you know, it was interesting. It kind of forced me to look up the word compassion because I was wanting to use the definition of compassion. And it actually means to suffer together. And so I think that that whole notion of like, we're all suffering in some way right now, some more than others. I mean, believe me, I'm not comparing myself to what other people are going through right now. But I do believe that we're all kind of mourning different parts of what we're seeing happening in the world and what's happening to other people. And but we are by doing by bringing each, by coming together, even though we're physically distant, we're we're still, you know, social beings that need each other for support. And so that human spirit, that human experience, it's it's messy. That's what I actually said in that it is a messy experience. We make mistakes, we we fall down, we have bad days, we snap, but but we all have them. And so just the fact that we are all human kind of brings us together to say, we will get through this. And and most of the world wants things to be better. And that's yeah. what motivates me every day. If you ask me what it, I want to promote good in the world, you know? I mean, I can't do it alone. I have these wonderful, wonderful people I'll do, but we're all going in the same direction of trying to make things better. And I do believe that the vast majority of people in the world want that too. And yeah. that's what to emphasize here that that we we love what we do we love each other we're going to take care of each other and that's just here i'll show you my little mask this is like my i love it our joe dimaggio logo i love it i want one of those i will get you one don't worry <laughs> i love it i would but i feel like inspiration like we we have emphasized that we only have love here there's only love here for everyone our patients our families each other like, you know, that's it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hold so. you to that to send me one. Um, you know, you, 
you talked about how you obviously as a leader and and i was just talking with someone about this this morning and so as leaders right we i think good leaders right feel that they need to always make sure that they are keeping their team right optimistic and hopeful and and as you said that there's good and we're going to get there and we're going to get there together but sometimes as leaders that can be draining and exhausting and so how do you fill your cup back up? Because I think that's so important, especially as women. And, and I don't mean that men are not nurturing and all those things, but I think there is something innate about us women that we feel that we need to take care of others. But how do you take care of Caitlin? Oh, it's a good question. <laughs> I'm not very good at it, I believe. <laughs> this is not my like sweet spot. I struggle with this because um, I work very hard because I love what I do. And so I sometimes will push that envelope, you know, just a little too far sometimes. And then I'm not doing the basic things of, of sleeping and exercising and making some time for downtime. And um, so I, I definitely struggle with that. But you know, I, like I said, I get a lot of my energy from other people. So if it's not my work, my family, it's my husband, it's my siblings and nieces and nephews. And, and I rely on my, my, my inner circle to let me just be who I am. And that, that, you know, it's that messy part of yourself that you need somewhere to put. And, um, they love me anyway. (laughs) They they do definitely have supported me through, as you said, some of those times in your life that, you know, so I just, I, I, de- I definitely rely on that. And I have to say, I think sometimes um, a, li- a little alone time to think and strategize and write, and I, I benefit from that. I need that sort of just time to just chill. So mm-hmm. I, I have to force my husband jokes and, and in the evenings when I come home, he'll say, all right, we're taking you for your walk. It's like a, a puppy or something. He walks me at night so that I, <laughs> other people walk their dogs. He walks his wife, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but that's part of it, right? Is having someone, as you said, your circle around you that takes care of you and that we allow them to take care of us, right? That's been a challenge for me, but I have I have fully accepted. I accept it more and more from my team as well. You know, one of my colleagues, she's our chief nurse. She is always making sure I eat, you know, and I'm doing that for her. But like she's, you know, it's just you have to have those people that are kind of looking out for you. And I feel like I'm trying to do that too. But um, we lose sight sometimes when you get buried in experiences like what we're going through now. I mean, it's certainly a vortex, you know, that can just kind of bring you in. But you you do have to remember that if you can't fill your cup, you're really not your best self, you know, and you can't do the best job. So I've definitely learned that over my life. I still struggle, but yeah, yeah, you and I have that in common, I think. um, I know. And, and, you know, it's interesting because I remember when Patrick was born, somebody sent me something that basically said it was it was basically giving me permission to be a little selfish um, because as mothers, whether it's as a mother, whether it's as a leader. Right. And you also have children and families. Right. Just, it, you know, so it was kind of giving me permission to be a little selfish sometimes and say, you know what, I just I just need this little bit of time alone and not feeling guilty about that. And I'm not very good at it. And I think you're right. Um, and but also people giving you the right to just be grumpy if you're grumpy or just 
feeling tired, right? Or whatever it is, you know, um, or picking up that meal. You know, Michael, sometimes I'll say, okay, you know, what are you, what are you thinking for dinner? Let me take something out. And he's going, nah, you've, you've had a long week. Let me just pick some stuff up, you know? And just those little things can really help when you have the right people around you. So a little thing sometimes are the ones that kind of wake you up to just how maybe dysfunctional <laughs> yeah. we are. I know. I'm taking you for a walk. You're like, okay, he's right. I haven't been outside, you know, for days. But it's true. I think it you're absolutely right. I think it's self-care. I don't look at it as being selfish. I think it's just self-care that we we tend to feel guilty about, but it's necessary. And honestly, I have burned myself out over my career to the point sometimes where I used to get really sick, you know, and I've just learned I don't wanna I don't wanna do that to myself anymore. Like I'll do anything I can to kind of catch the feeling of it early and then try to dial it back. But I will say though, having a team, like having the best team, which I do, um, makes a huge difference because then you know that, hey, I need to decompress and th that it's 100% in good hands. And I would say yeah. at the Memorial in general and at Joe DiMaggio, that's exactly what we have here. They are just the best people and they care very, very deeply about, we all do, about our kids, our families, our work, each other. So. Yeah. Before. Yeah, I think that's so right. And when your team, I, I think as a leader also, that's so rewarding um, to know that you have the right people and you can trust them, right, to go do it because they care just as much as you do. Um, and so I think that so you all have that common bond, that common mission, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's so important. And I also think that it's quite a testimonial to a leader when their team is taking care of them too, right? <laughs> yes, you know. History for sure. Yes, I, I, I very, I'm very grateful for all that. Yeah. So I always around this time I start to read back a little bit of your uh, recipe for success, some of the ingredients, and then I'm going to ask you to tell us your main ingredient. Maybe one of the ones you already mentioned, or it might be something you haven't. But just it's interesting when you hear it read back to you. Usually at, when we're in the kitchen at JA, now you're in my kitchen. We have a whiteboard and I put all the ingredients as we're talking. So people will often say to me, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize. Wow, I have a good ingredients, you know, kind of thing. So but here's some of the things that I captured from from what you talked about. Right. Um, family. You mentioned that first and foremost, how important family is to you. Um, you talked about zeroing in on something that, you know, was important to you for your career, whatever it was going to be. It was going to be working with children. So identifying that that one thing that you knew you wanted to incorporate having mentors and also being a mentor so you mentioned both ways um, impacting large groups thinking big that collective impact um, that i love uh, about you you know staying true to your heart i think this one is so so critical staying true to who we are being open flexible, right? Not getting stuck on one thing, but being open to others' ideas and, and other opportunities that come along our way. Being a resource to help change happen. I think that's important as an individual and as an organization. Um, the power of, of collective voices um, and being a part of that is so impactful. Um, how pain sometimes leads to growth, and right? So that tells me that you're very open to continuing to grow as a leader and as a person realizing that we can't do it alone, compassion, uh, the big C word that you mentioned, um, finding, um, you know, 
opportunities. I love how you talked about your volunteer opportunity got you involved in your industry and in your field. And so that's a great thing for our young people to hear. Um, keeping your team safe and your family safe and your friends and inner circle safe, constant learning, transparency, communication, teamwork, gratitude, and of course, human spirit. What's the main ingredient for Caitlin Stella? Love. I love it. Well, honestly, I really believe this, that if you really love what you do and you love where, you know, for me, it's not a job. It's my life's work. You know, I, I don't look at it as a job. I, I love this work. I love being a part of these families' lives. I've loved every family I've been able to help, whether I was at the autism center or I was in LA and, you know, my team has seen me like replying to text messages with families in Los Angeles that I'm like, oh, yeah, go see Dr. So-and-so. You know, um, I just I love being that person that can help, you know, in some way behind the scenes because I'm part of the system. I know the system. I understand it. I can get you something you can't get yourself when you need it for your child. So for me, I just think if you love what you do and you're going to do it well, and that's going to guide your path. I, that's my advice for students at all times. Find something you enjoy and do it well. And people just you know, will like opportunities and things will come to you because people will be looking at you as someone that just has such energy for what you do mm -hmm. because you love it. So to me, it all starts there. And, and at Jodi, it's when I walked into the building the first time at Jodamaggio, I tell this story all the time. I felt like just this big hug because it's just an organization that you just feel the love right away. And I started studying our logo. I was like, it's a glove with a heart in the middle of it. So, yeah, so everybody's got this common core that really wants to do what's best for our families going above and beyond. And so um, I believe this organization shares the same true north yeah. as me person. Oh, I love it. I love it. I think you're amazing. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yes, oh. I know virtual hugs. I, I just know. want to thank you for sharing so openly because I think that, you know, this inspires and motivates not only our young people, but but each of us, right? This fills, by the way, this is part of what fills up my cup are mm. people like you that I get to talk to on this show because I can start out my morning just feeling so exhausted, right? My brain is just so <laughs> overloaded. And then I do these shows and I'm just, I come off them on, on a high because I feel filled up. And so thank you for filling me up. Thank oh. you for taking care of so many. Absolutely. And I have to thank you because this community, and I know many, many people who will see this agree with me. We are so fortunate to have you as a leader in our community because yeah. you embracing me when I was brand new here and you're part of the reason I feel this way here and can do what I do. So th I thank you too. Well, thank you. Yes, it is a mutual love fest, as you said, <laughs> love. Um, so thank you on everyone. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm holding you to that. I can't wait. I'm going to be checking the mail every day. <laughs> Um, but thank you so much again. Please give our hugs and our kisses to all of you, your entire team, because as you said, they are just, you know, they're, they're compassion. Uh, we could not get through this without them. And so please give them all of our love. 
and hugs. And thanks again for joining us. And thank you to everyone watching. Um, and I know that I, I, I know hopefully your cup got filled up by watching Caitlin uh, yes. as well. So thank stay tuned. So much. Thank Lori. you. Thank you. I look forward to seeing everyone on our next episode of JA's Recipe for Success. Let's get cooking.